This is Hard Rockin' Steve Mascord's White Line Fever. Welcome to episode 23 of White Line Fever, and we're here at Skill Park, and I'm here with uh, Keith and Gary from Rugby League Coaching Magazine. You've got to go to their website. It's rlcm.com. Is it au? Uh, .com.au, yes. yes. okay. You've got to go and check it out. There's not only just if you're a coach or a player, but there's like a news section there. There's all sorts. So if you follow Rugby League, you've got to go and check it out. Now, um, did you watch both the games yesterday? We watched both the games. Uh, they were both thrilling games. It was one of the great nights in, in Rugby League. Uh, last night, I thought the uh, the Brisbane Broncos was a, a spectacular game. I mean, I know the scores were 10-0 at half-time, but I think the Broncos should have been a little bit further in front. Um, they said it was, the scores really at the finish didn't really justify the game. I think that a couple of little mistakes that the um, the Broncos made, for lacking try scoring at one little point, their futile errors, but had it went their way, they would have won the game quite comfortably. Um, I didn't see the incident in the second half where Michael Ennis... Uh, there was a high tackle on on uh, on Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds allegedly stayed down. Michael Ennis got in trouble, Ke- uh, and uh, Des Hasler was pretty upset about it afterwards. No, you didn't see that. No, no I didn't pick that one up. No, either myself. All right. Um, what about uh, that uh, wing, Andrew Everingham? He's a sensational player, and he's a great try set up for Matt King. Mate, it's a great story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is a great story. I mean. Uh, I hadn't really heard of him all that much before, but just listening to him, what, what he, where he's been and what he's been doing, they were two great, they were tra- great tries he scored. He's, he's, he's got a great little future in the game. I mean, you've got to give it to the coach to, uh, who picked him up when he was in England, I believe, wasn't he? He hadn't even seen him play and, and signed him up from that point there, so it was a good effort. And we had a full round of uh, Super League this weekend, um, and just stop me if you want to talk about any of these games, but uh, Warrington 46, Witness 12, Witness... Uh, anyway, they, they led 12 nil early anyway. Uh, Catalan 36, London 18. It's disappointing London this year, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, it's, we, we want to see London in, in, in the competition. We want to see a strong London, don't we? But, mm. you know, it's... it's they spent up their salary cap this year, though, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they should be more competitive. You've got Craig Gower, Michael Roberts and all these players. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I mean, I would like to see him be, be more successful. But the game really was the turn-up, was the way that Leeds got beat. Mm. I think that was the turn-up. Yeah, that was uh, well, Bradford, who seemed to be at death's door. They're even worse shaped than this place, Gold Coast. Uh, and uh, they've been raising money over the last couple of weeks, or they're going to have to uh, close that door, to use a mixed metaphor. And uh, they beat the world champions 12-4. Unbelievable. This is sorry. Leeds. Leeds. No, Leeds. Yeah, That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Good side. You see that team on paper. Can can contest with anyone. But uh, there you go. Okay. The rest around ten. Uh, Hull thirty six. Hull KR six in the local derby. Great try from Kirk Eamon. I just caught the. Uh, well, he scored it, and then my dodgy feed cut out, so I didn't get to see a replay. But gee, it was length of the field. Sensational try. Uh, and uh, Wigan twenty eight. Too good for St Helens ten in the derby. Great atmosphere there at Langtree Park. I didn't see those games, but looking at the uh, the scores at one point when I was updating our website, we saw that was uh, the whole game was uh, was six all. I got a surprise when I come back and saw the final score was thirty thirty six six or whatever yeah, yeah. it may be thereabouts. So, yeah, it was Huddersfield thirty six, uh, top of the league I believe, Salford ten, and uh, finally uh, Castleford thirty four, beating Wakefield sixteen at home. And I believe there was crowd trouble at that game. Uh, both sets of fans didn't behave the best, so we we don't need any of that. No, I, I, I can't tell you about that, but it's uh, it's good to see the coach. I'm happy that he's um, he's leaving Huddersfield and going on to St Helens. I'm sure <laughs> that uh, with the experience that he's had early in Australia with St George and over there now with, with Huddersfield, he'll go on and be a successful coach at St Helens and hopefully come back and uh, and take on a club. club. 
in our real club. <laughs> okay, uh, th- thanks guys. Uh, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for being on White Line Fever. Uh, here's a song. It's off the new Cold Chisel album because it's Easter and it's in, you know, it's summer. It's hot, so it's very, very Australian. And then Steve Luthier after the song. See you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.
Hey, you're with uh, Rusty from Electric Mary, and you are on White Line Fever. Okay, we're back with the great Steve Lukather. Where? <laughs> and just if I can ask a topical question, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction is coming up in April. Uh, very soon, and Guns N' Roses are all going to be there. Will I get on stage and play? What do you and fans? Ah, she's are... a very dear friend. Of mine. We talk off, we hang all the time. I what do you think it. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Good idea, bad idea? I think it's Jan Winner's popularity contest, much like his "Who's the best this drummer, guitar player, singer." It's a it's a ridiculous thing to cause controversy and get people to pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, if it was really the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how come Deep Purple's not in it? How come Kiss is not? Look, Deep Purple. What's the first song every kid learns how to play on a guitar? Yeah. Smoke in the Water. But they're not good enough to be. I could list a thousand slides. It's really not based upon anything. Like a, a sports Hall of Fame is based on stats. Yeah, yeah. What have you done? What have you accomplished? How many hits? How many goals you made? How many hits you made? How many home runs? Whatever. Uh, music, it's subjective. Who's the prettiest girl in the room? We might as well have that contest. Yeah, you know, yeah. who's, the, uh, who's the, you know, I mean, I, I don't really pay any attention to it because, you know, I'm, it's way under my radar. But if you get inducted, it's, it's still rude to ignore it, isn't it? You know, you can't really... I think that its credibility is going quickly. Yeah. It's unfortunate because, you know, it, they try to get these ri- people that have broken up and then arrivals back together again. And many times they should just put it under the, you know, say, look, let's just do the gig and have a laugh, you know what I mean? But sometimes, often there's deep-rooted stuff that I don't, I'm not privy to, but there's reasons why people don't want to be in the same room with each other. I mean, well, you know, you don't go back to your first wife and go, hey, how about a little fuck for the old time's sake? You know, <laughs> you know that won't always work. Maybe it will sometimes, but most times it won't. So I can't make any uh, opinion on Guns N' Roses or any other band that has chosen to or not to do, and... Um, Rock and Roll Fame is what it is, you know. It's it's one man's opinion. A group full of twelve angry journalists that wish they were rock stars, and they're not. So they just, they choose. I mean, really, look at some of the people that are in and some of the people that are out, and, and it's a baffling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the criteria? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now um, we haven't asked you about uh, the All Star Band, which is Ringo Starr's band. Yeah. What's the story there? How did uh, you end up getting involved in that? And w- what's involved? For you, work-wise and, and, and rehearsal-wise and all that sort of stuff? I, first off, Beatles were the on-switch to my life. Not just music, it's to my life. And I've had the great honor of working with Paul and George was a friend. We worked together once and then we hung out a lot. And he was my original guitar hero. Uh, I got this call from Ringo and I just fell out. I was like, just taken back. It was like, you know, something I always wanted to do. But I did kind of chum the waters a few years back, but it didn't work out. And I got the call, this guy, Dave Hart, who puts the bands together, saw me playing in Cayman Saltoto in Paris. He says, we got to have you in the band. And, and I'm like, well, that'd be great. I'd love to. It'd be like a dream come true. But I didn't really think much about it. And then I got the call, for real. So I cleared the decks. I had a whole bunch of summer stuff and upset a bunch of people. But I said, I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's going to be incredible. It's Richard Page just playing bass and singing for Mr. Mr. He's got a voice, my God. And... Uh, uh, Todd Rundgren's doing it. So it's a cl- it's a classic rock group. Greg Raleigh from Santana, Early Journey. Um, uh, Greg Bissonette's playing double drums from Dear Old Friends. So it's going to be a love fest. And then we get to hang with Ringo. We're doing you know the, his Beatle hits, the solo hits, and then each guy in the band has to do two of their own hits. Oh wow! Awesome. So we're doing a couple of Toto things. We're doing Mr. Mr. McGinn, we're doing Santana. We're doing a couple of Todd's things, and it's kind of a mishmash. So I got to learn a lot of material. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's it's so different from this. It, that's a minimal gig. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. play a lot, yeah. which I enjoy. Is this is like totally balls to the wall. <laughs> you know, to the point where I just stop playing and laugh sometimes. It's all Ringo's more sure, let's play the parts and get the sounds right, do it right. So 
different, you know, I love them both, and I'm really honored to be there. I'm excited about, you know, standing there looking around, who's my gentleman tonight? Oh, it's Ringo. <laughs> Things I never thought I'd say in my life, you know what I mean? Now, the, the preparation for this interview, the publicists are, you know, saying, you know, we don't want to just dwell on Toto, but we're getting to the end now, we're getting to the end, so, now, what, what, is, what is the status there? Um, any touring plans, recording plans, what's happening? Well, here's the reality. We broke up a few years ago, and then our, our brother Mike Picaro got ALS, which is a debilitating disease, and he's basically paralyzed in bed. And, you know, the original concept was David Page called me and said, uh, let's put something together for a, do a little short run for Mike. So I said, I'll do it, but Steve Picaro's got to come back, and we've got to get Joseph Williams back singing because the other situation was just dire. And um, let's, let's see if we can put something together. Nathan East stepped in on bass. Simon Phillips came back, and we got a couple of background singers to make it real, mm-hmm. not this back-and-tape bullshit that most people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, let's go do it for Mike, you know, and, and, and we did it, and then we did it. We had so much fun, and everybody's got their lives together. Everybody's healthy. Nobody's all messed up. And we're a bunch of high school guys back. I look around the stage and go, oh, there's my friends again. Because mm-hmm. towards the end, it was like a lot of incredible musicians, but they were all like sidemen. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a gravy train. You know, I mm-hmm. felt it was cheap and I wasn't happy with a lot of things. And I was drinking myself to death because I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. So once I stopped all that and everybody got their heads straight, it was fun again. And we made some money and we got a big, huge resurgence of excitement about it. Mm-hmm. Next year's our 35th anniversary. We're going to do a big world tour. Mm-hmm. And it helps. Four of, wow. us, four of us are doing going through midlife divorce with little kids. And we help Mike. And the fans get to see us. Uh, a really great incarnation. How, how, is that really new news? Is that is that is that when, when did you finalize the plans for the tour? Well, we're working on it right now. Yeah. But next year is the 35th anniversary. I can't even believe it. I was 19 when I did the first album. Here I am. I'll be 55. And it's like, damn, <laughs> wow, it went by fast. But we're gonna we're gonna be hopefully we'll be coming down under as well. You know, I mean, there seems to be a little interest in what we're doing now. The classic rock thing doesn't have that stamp of. Ooh, it's not cool to like those guys. We stood 35 years of punches, man. Now people are going, you know what? They're not so bad after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's a part of pop culture. It's in, like, sitcoms and cartoons. We've been live as a South Park character. I love all the humor. <laughs> Shreds and all the silly stuff that's on the internet. I laugh at all this stuff. I think it's great, you know? Yeah. It is amazing. Like, the people who were into that sort of music at the time, I think the fans and the musicians, like you said, there was this thing about, oh, you're really uncool, but I think the passion of those people has lasted longer than a lot of other genres, hasn't it? The, the, the passion of those people for the music, you know? I think, we, you know, back then, man, we really had to play that stuff in the studio. We really had to do it. We couldn't just cut and paste, like, on Pro Tools and stuff like this. Making records is a much different situation now. You could cheat a lot if you don't have it. We had to have it. And, and, you know, I mean, some of these songs are timeless. I mean, I, we didn't know. How, do you think I knew when I'd be 19 years old that, like, I'd be 50-something years old playing all the line? No. We thought if we could squeeze 10 years out, wow, wouldn't that be incredible? And here we are, bunch. And you, and you go down the street, and, you, and you know, these songs are played. People know them. Many, two, three generations. So I'm going, wow, this is an amazing gift. Rather, I used to be kind of embarrassed about it because I wanted to be taken seriously, whatever that means. I am taken seriously. I have a career in music. I get to write musician on my tax return. That's a pretty cool thing to say. Say what you will about me, man, but I made a lifetime career about being a musician. It's not about being the best. There's no such thing. It's not about being the coolest because what is that? That's a fleeting thing anyway. I have a life for a musician. That's all I ever wanted to be. So thank you to those that have helped that happen. And thanks for talking to us. We've run over time. And there's a massive line out the door to speak to you. Oh, um, yeah, listen to him. <laughs> one more, one more song for him, Steve. Ah, oh, let's do Cashmere because it's a classic. <laughs> Thanks, Steve.
Hey, this is Steve Lukather, and you are listening to White Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to the program, and uh, be- that was Catch Me by Led Zeppelin, and it was introduced by uh, Steve Lukather. How do you feel, uh, Warren Smith from Fox, following a member of Toto? Cashmere, <laughs> a great rugby league song. If you're going to have a, a song on a rugby league podcast, you've got to have Cashmere. Yeah, but don't they they do that uh, iced tea version? It's been overused in rugby league, I think. You know, da 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 yeah, da da. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we've moved on from that. Um, what, what Should is be gonna, banned, I think. What's the next song going to be? What's the next rugby league song? Uh, I don't Can you know. Think of anything? Um, what about uh, Puddle of Mud? She fucking hates me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me entertain you. 
Robbie not Williams. Robbie Williams. Robbie? No. no Robbie Williams has bring got... Bring back the girls. Bring back <laughs> the girls bring with the... Robbie. I'm telling you. Um, Robbie Williams is God's way of telling you you spent too much time in England if you start liking, if you start liking Robbie Williams. Best yes. concert I've ever been to at the really? Sydney Football Stadium. For Robbie Williams, I didn't know much about him. I remember going to the concert and I took taking my wife thinking, I don't know whether I know any of these songs, and got there, and it was outstanding. Never been to a better concert. Did you have good seats? Uh, we did, yeah. That of course. <laughs> it's Laurie Daly, of course, he, of course he had good seats. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit worried about that, Robbie Williams. Anyway, um, Saturday's game that we were all at, uh-huh. 18 12 uh, Sydney Roosters over Gold Coast wasn't the greatest. It's not going to bring the fans back, is it? Uh, no, but it had a pretty good ending. I mean, if you're stuck in there and you can sometimes got to do the hard yards watching a game of footy to see a good ending, and I had a pretty good ending. And for a, for a moment there, I thought we were going to Golden Point. I thought oh, they'll score here, and they went very close to scoring a couple of times. Uh, Loz and I were both ready for a bit of uh, overtime. It didn't work <laughs> out that way. Um, to sum it up, I guess the Gold Coast Titans, you know, just their attack really does struggle at times, doesn't it? I mean, there's there's no signs of life in it really at the moment. Um, the Roosters are an improving side, a bit inconsistent once again. Uh, you thought they might have gone on with the job in the second half uh, once they kicked away to a, a good lead, but they they couldn't quite do that. Um, I, I guess the jury's still out, but, I, but, but if you're four wins and two losses at this stage of the season, um, you're amongst the, the better teams in the comp. So I guess the Roosters, you've got to say, um, still got a bit to prove, but not a bad side. The Gold Coast Titans will um, fight it out for the spoon. Before we move on to the second game, 12-0 with Cronulla over St George Illawarra. Um, there's a bit of a... It feels flat at Skill Park. I, to me, it feels pretty flat at the moment. It's just because they're losing and is it other factors as well. But will it, will, it, will it be fixed if they just start winning or are there other factors at play? What do you think? Um, I, I'd have said, you know, if they were winning and they were still getting that sort of crowd, then there is an issue there. It's hard to sort of say at the moment because they're not winning and the crowds are poor. It's like 12 from 